What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Jedi Master Class. Sorry, we've we took a little hiatus for the last what was it two two months, Miranda? Yeah, because we last recorded when you were here, which was the beginning of June. But then life got crazy, and <laughs> yeah, life time. got life got kind of insane. Miranda moved. I went on two vacations. I went on a trip too. We both got COVID. Yep, we both got COVID. So these last two months have been kind of insane, but we're back. Yay! We're ready to talk about Star Wars. We did both just rewatch the movie that we're going to talk about, so we are, you know, up to date on that at least, but we're back. Yay! Hopefully, hopefully you guys are still here, ready to listen. True. What are we talking about? What we're going to be talking about today, after our long break, we're going to go into part two of A Force Awakens, and we're going to finish out that movie, and then we're going to, you know, after this, we're going to move right along into episode eight, and then after that, episode nine, so we'll get back on track with our bi-weekly release dates. Hopefully. Oh yeah, fingers crossed. Because we're back, and we're definitely not busy anymore. Hopefully we can get through at least the movies before we take another break. <laughs> we'll get through the movies. We've got two movies after this, and then, like Miranda just said, we might end up taking a little break just to figure out how we want to go about doing the Clone Wars TV show, because that's going to be the next thing we tackle. And it's kind of a different beast based off of the movies. Are we still going to do Obi-Wan after this? Or do you want to wait on that? I need to look at it and think about it, because I kind of want to do stuff in chronological order after we finish these movies. Like We haven't done everything in chronological order, obviously. Yeah. But I think when we start tackling TV shows, I want to kind of keep them as close to chronological order as possible. And then I think I also want to throw Rogue One and Han Solo's movie into the TV show lineup in chronological order. But I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Ben's in charge of our scheduling, so he gets to do all that. (laughs) It's true. So... Before we before we get into what we're going to talk about today, something big for Star Wars news. Ooh, Star Wars news. And we might actually, I think I might actually have us take a break in the middle of this trilogy because mm-hmm. I haven't decided how I want to do that, but it got announced that the Andor TV show comes out pretty soon, I think at the end of this month. So Andor is a character in Rogue One. Okay. Andor comes out pretty soon. So I'm trying to decide if I want to do it where we like stop in the middle of these episodes, watch Rogue One, talk about Rogue One, and then get mm-hmm. back into these. Or if, I w- or if it's just better for us to completely go through this series and then watch Rogue One later but anyways with that that's the big star wars news um they did announce that they're delaying a remake for knights of the old republic they were gonna remake a pretty beloved fan video not fan game but 
beloved by fans. They were going to remake a game that came out forever ago. That got delayed basically indefinitely, which is a bummer. But that's not like good news. But it happened. It's news. <laughs> it's news. I'm sure people already heard about that before they listened to our podcast because it was a, I think a couple of weeks ago at this point. With that, let's uh, let's get into the podcast, huh? Let's, I mean, not the podcast. That's already started. Let's get into the movie. <laughs> Yay! Let's go! <laughs> we know how to podcast. We know how to talk about things. Okay, Ben, how much do you remember from the last episode? The first half of the movie. That's a good question. I know we left off after um, Ray had that freaky vision and then ran off into the forest. Yeah, so recap of the last movie, we got introduced to our new cast of characters. We have Ray, Finn, Poe, Han and Chewie are back. So yeah, so we left off last episode. Ray left Jakku with uh, Finn on the Millennium Falcon. Then the Millennium Falcon gets captured by Han and Chewie. Their goal is to get BB-8 back to the Resistance. And while they're in, Miranda called it the the Harry Potter <laughs> Hogwarts castle. Uh, as they're Hogwarts in this, Hogwarts. Yeah, as they're in basically Star Wars Hogwarts, according to Miranda, uh, Ray finds a lightsaber that was calling out to her through the Force. And when she touched it, she had visions and freaked out. And I believe I talked about this fun fact. Well, I'll mention it again, but as she as she falls back, you hear Alec Guinness's voice saying Ray. Obviously at this point, Alec Guinness was not alive, so what they did is they took a clip of something he said and they just cut it into a way that made it sound like he was saying Ray instead of whatever the actual word he was saying was. Mm-hmm. So you hear Alec Guinness's voice say Ray. And then she falls back onto the floor and you hear Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan saying, these are your first steps. So she's laying on this floor now with Luke's lightsaber or Anakin's lightsaber, whatever you want to call it. Maz, the lady that is in charge of Hogwarts, (laughs) says, the lightsaber called out to you, take it. And then she freaks out and says, like, I never want to touch that thing ever again. And she runs off and leaves. And that's where we ended. Yeah, that's where we ended last episode. And then this episode, we jump in and Ray and BB-8 are running through the forest because she's running away for some reason. I don't completely understand where she's going or why she's running. She just had to get away. (laughs) Yeah, like, I thought, like, you would think, like, oh, I'm never touching that thing again. I'm going to leave and go back to find Han and Chewie so he can take BB-8 to the Resistance. But instead it's like, I'm leaving into the woods (laughs) where there is not a spaceship for her to get off this planet. She's just like, I live in the woods now. (laughs) So I don't completely understand what's happening. She just needed to clear her mind and go for a run. And she was spooked by the vision. So she just had to get that energy out. And off into the woods she went. Yeah, so she's bolting through the woods with BB-8. Han, Chewie, and Finn are with Maz now. And Maz gives Finn the lightsaber. So it's like, hey, here, take this. The First Order 
at this point, the First Order starts attacking Hogwarts. So mm-hmm. Maz gives Finn the lightsaber and is like, your friend needs this. Give it to her. Yeah. He has the lightsaber. We cut to Ray, and she like sees the First Order attacking. So she tells BB-8 to keep going into the woods by himself, I guess. And she turns yeah. around, and she goes back to this castle-looking building. Well, and before all this happens, we see... Um, what is the spaceship called? Like, it's not the Death Star. It's the Star... Um, destroyer <laughs> star killer star killer base or the yeah destroyer? the big i the one that like shoots the lasers the base that they have to destroy to save the galaxy yes that's called star killer base okay so that place you see them like fire off a bunch of lasers and they blow up multiple planets at once and everybody at hogwarts sees this up in the sky and then that's when yeah. Kylo Ren shows up and starts taking people out. And he ends up finding Ray running around in the woods. Yeah. So <laughs> Ray comes back while the First Order is attacking this castle. Kylo sees her and starts chasing her because he mm-hmm. recognizes she, he recognizes her from the planet and he knows that she has the droid. And they're looking to get the droid because BB-8 has the map to Luke. The last so, missing piece. Yes, the last piece of the map. So Ray shoots a couple of stormtroopers and then turns around and runs back into the woods again. <laughs> uh, we see Chewie push over this like giant piece of rubble that was like blocking the exit to whatever room or tunnel they were in. So Han and Chewie just like run out there and they start like blasting people. And Maz tells Finn, "Hey, go find your friend." And he looks at her and he's like, I need a weapon. And she like <laughs> grabs his hand like by the wrist and like lifts it up. And he's like, you have like, one. He's got a dang lightsaber. <laughs> and he's like holding the lightsaber. And he's like, I need a weapon. She grabs his wrist and like holds it up. And she's like, you have a weapon. And so he's like, oh. So he like runs out there. We see him killing a couple stormtroopers. We get this really funny scene where Han and Chewie are pinned up against this wall. And Han, like, turns and, like, asks Chewie, hey, can I can I borrow that? And, like, points at his bowcaster. So he mm-hmm. gives him the bowcaster, and he, like, flips out around this corner and shoots two stormtroopers, and they, like, go flying. <laughs> and he turns back around, and he's like, I really like this thing. And so, <laughs> so we get this stormtrooper that I always jokingly call my favorite character from this trilogy. <laughs> we get a stormtrooper that holds this like he's holding like a sword and shield basically and he yells at Finn a sword traitor. and shield that thing that thing was like a gun that he could flip around no 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 so originally he's holding this like sword and shield thing then he yells at Finn he's like traitor throws them both on the ground and then pulls out this like okay <laughs> what what you basically said it's like a gun that's also like not and you like so it's like spinning it around and it's like yeah. making all sorts of like cool zappy noises and i always jokingly call him my favorite character because he's cool like he's just like this <laughs> random stormtrooper that starts fighting finn with a who's using a lightsaber and beats him which is fair because like- finn doesn't have any training with a lightsaber 
Yeah, I was going to say, if I was Finn and all I had was a lightsaber that I didn't know, like, imagine having a sword in your hand. Do you know what to do with a sword in your hand? I, like, (laughs) understand the basics of how a sword works, right? Like, which is what Finn also has. Like, this thing hurts people when I hit them with it, so I'll just, like, swing it random. Like, I wouldn't have any finesse or, like, any skill at all with it. But, but you have like, a lightsaber in your hand that you don't know how to use, and this guy comes at you with a gun that he can like swing around, and now it's like a stick he can whack you with, and he keeps swinging it around again, and now it's a gun he can shoot you with, and he's coming at you. Like, yeah. it would be terrifying. Yeah. I think I would have just run. I wouldn't have even tried. <laughs> yeah, so Finn like holds his own against the guy, but then... He knocks the lightsaber out of his hand, and he knocks Finn to the ground, and Finn's, like, lying there, and you can tell that this guy's coming up to, like, finish him off, and then Han and Chewie, like, shoot the guy in the chest, he goes flying, and they, like, (laughs) lift him up and ask him if he's okay, and they, like, grab the lightsaber again. But I thought that, like, when I watched that scene as, like, a junior in high school, I always was, like, jokingly, like, oh, yeah, this guy's my favorite character. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a, he's a cool. He's a, he has a cool weapon, and <laughs> that's all I can say. But anyways, so we cut back to Ray. Ray's running, and Kylo's chasing her, trying to figure out where BBA is. She like stops to like turn and shoot him, and he like pins her arm behind her back with the force, and then reads her mind and realizes that she knows, like she's seen the map. Mm-hmm. He just decides, oh, I'll just kidnap you instead of stealing a droid. Like I already have you. I don't know where the droid is. So he grabs her. He like uses the force and like puts her to sleep, and then like picks her up. And, like, carries her onto his ship. Onto the ship. Okay, the freezing. Anytime Kylo Ren freezes someone, I really want to know how they did that. Because they have this twitching about them that does not seem natural and seems like something they would have to do on the computer. So if anybody Uh knows about that or has links or information about the behind the scenes of that, I would love that. I cannot find anything. Yeah, and... I forgot, we forgot to mention that, like, while this is happening, uh, the Resistance pilots show up and they start fighting the First Order. Yep. While everyone is fighting, we have all these really cool X-Wing TIE Fighter fights happening in the background, and sometimes they, like, cut to the fights and focus on them, and the music is super good. <laughs> I, so, Ben is obsessed with Star Wars music. <laughs> I, I am. I think it's so good. They use the music really well in these movies to convey different things that are happening. Like, on on screen, they're happening, but also it helps you understand what's happening a little better. Like, there's a scene later in the movie where the Force theme starts playing, and it's symbolizing like it shows and it's symbolizing the fact that Ray realizes that she can now use the force and that she has the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And the music is just really good. John Williams is a phenomenal. What is that? Producer? What? Composer. Composer. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not by any means he like produce the com- composition. <laughs> I'm not by any means like, super knowledgeable with like how music production works sorry could you say that again hmm shut up 
theory. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm not super knowledgeable on how the production of music happens. Uh, my cousin has a bachelor's in something music. I sometimes will talk to him about stuff like that because I enjoy listening to it. But he actually listens to this podcast. So now you know, Jacob. I like listen- I like talking to you about different things like your degree. Hopefully, uh, I didn't pain you too much talking about uh, music during this whole part of the podcast, but if I did, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, back to the movie. So, yeah, I really, I really enjoy the way that they use music in these movies to convey different things that are happening, which is, you know, they do it in every movie, but Star Wars is just something that I enjoy so much and I love the music for, so I pay attention to it a little bit better than I do in other movies. Where was I, where was I going with that? Um, you were talking about how the Force theme song starts playing while Ray is kind of discovering that she can use the Force. Yeah, that's I, that's where your train was at. That's the station it stopped at. Well, I don't the, know the, the station. station was. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the. That's the end of the line. That's when we get off the train. <laughs> Anyways, Kylo has taken Ray onto his ship, has put her to sleep, and Finn and Han and Chewie have all seen her be taken onto the ship. Yeah, and, like we Finn starts running, get... and he's like, "No, no, 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 no," because Finn's in love with Ray. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> something like that i will say and part of this is because you know i love star wars so much i do think that this this trilogy is the weakest of the three but i do still i enjoy it i enjoy it a lot more than a lot of star wars fans enjoy it people like to rag on it and kind of talk crap about this trilogy mm-hmm. but there's definitely stuff in this trilogy that i think was done well uh, and part of that is they played to the nostalgia of the fact that a Star Wars movie hadn't come out in years at this point. And so they were able to like play to the fact that, oh, now we're going to have the music kick in. And then like, this is music that you've grown to love growing up. And we're going to have an X-Wing fly in and start shooting at tie fighters which is something that you know you guys love but you haven't seen in years so i think part of the reason why i do enjoy these movies so much is they did play to the nostalgia of you know we're star wars fans and we get to watch star wars again which is something that Mm -hmm. a lot of i think a lot of people kind of gave up on they just kind of assumed that star wars was done and over and with the six movies that we had, that was kind of, the, that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. But now we're to the point where we've gotten five new movies and a ton of TV shows. And they open like, we've talked about this before. Like they've opened, they've opened a park. Like Star Wars has grown so like exponentially since the Disney acquired it. That, like, even if you don't enjoy these three movies there's something that disney has put out that you're going to enjoy whether that's the obi-wan show the newer seasons of the clone wars these movies rogue one so like there's something there for you and that's something that i think is overlooked a lot sorry that's my little that's my little tangent (laughs) but um but yeah so kylo has taken ray and when they leave 
the re- there's a resistance drop ship that comes in and the music kicks in and off walks <laughs> Leia with her theme playing and we get this fun little interaction between her and Han because they're married but also they haven't seen each other in a while because he kind of went off and is doing his own thing and she's helping the resistance. Han kind of mentions that he saw, not kind of, Han mentions, <laughs> Han mentions that he saw their son. And I think they were trying to kind of keep it a secret who his son is, but obviously we know it's Kylo. Yeah, they definitely, like, up to this point, I was I was wondering if you were going to pick up on that. Because up <laughs> to this point, we don't really know who Kylo is. He's just a guy in a black mask. And then... Mm-hmm. Han watches him walk up the ship and then goes to Leia and says, I saw our son. And at that point, it's like, oh, this is a character that's like more important and integral than we initially probably would have thought. Yeah, well, that's the that's the scene there really is that they mentioned that they saw he saw his son They're You know, they're upset about what he has become. But it jumps yeah. over to Kylo and Ray on his ship. And he's trying to do the same mind reading thing that he did to Poe. That was his name, right? Mark. Mark's name is Poe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Mark Specter. Yeah, Mark Specter. <laughs> he's <sighs> Kylo's trying to read Ray's mind and he's kind of getting in there at first, but then she blocks him out and he's like, "What the heck? How are you doing that?" Yeah. I wish they would show you what he's seeing because as great as their acting is, I don't think it's interesting to see, sit there and watch them stare at each other. Yeah. And I wish they would have done something where you could see what he was seeing. Or at least, like, from their perspective, what it's like having someone come into your mind. Yeah, that, would that definitely would have made it... No, that definitely would have made it more interesting. I don't know, like, the best way for them to have done that, but... I, I agree with that. I think that it would have made... Know. I think it would have been better storytelling. But anyways. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I think it's interesting. So there's a there's a part where she's like... he's he, So Kylo says, you really want to kill me. And she says, well, you're a monster in a mask. And so he takes his mask off. And I really feel like they're trying to get you to have some sympathy towards Kylo. Like, oh, he's just... He's just a guy who ended up on the wrong side of the tracks. But yeah. I really have no sympathy for Kylo Ren. I uh-huh. don't like him. <laughs> so, and I know I, okay. So I don't know if it's just fandom stuff or if it's based off of movies, but I know there's some kind of wanted and maybe actually relationship between Ray and Kylo Ren. And I feel like they're trying to build up to that. Like, oh, she can, she can change him. But I don't like it, and I want it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if Kylo had stayed masked, at least for this movie. I think it would have been a lot cooler mm-hmm. for him to have been this, like, scary... And he's not super scary even, like, up to this point. But yeah, the second he, like, she says, of course I'm scared of you, you're, like a monster in a mask that's like been hunting me and he's like takes it off and he's Mm -hmm. like no look i'm a pretty boy like haha (laughs) it's like you should have left it on like it's like definitely should have kept the intimidation factor up but instead he 
he decided to take it off. So, okay, last episode, I said that this movie reads a lot like a YA yeah. novel. And there's a lot of YA novels where it's like the villain gets the girl. I think they were trying to go for that. If if that's what, you know, if Ray and Kylo do end up as some kind of complicated relationship. I don't think they're executing it well. I mean, they're trying to make you sympathize mm-hmm. for him. So the reason that a villain gets the girl story works, at least from my perspective, is because that villain has some kind of respect for the the girl and doesn't underestimate her and sees her potential and takes that as a threat. And that's why he's the villain. But I think that Kylo doesn't have that respect or... At first, when he first like when he first meets her, he doesn't he underestimates mm-hmm. her. He's like, "You're just a scavenger. You're just this girl. Yeah. There's nothing special about you. I just need the information out of you." And I think that's where I'm. The villain gets the girl doesn't work here. For I me, I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. I'm not super knowledgeable about the like villain gets the girl YA arc, <laughs> but yeah. But you aren't reading books like that? No. <laughs> Gotta get with Oops. it, Ben. I'll you know, I'll do better. Sorry. But no, I, I completely agree with that. Like it definitely wasn't executed super well. And this is an issue that we kind of run into in Star Wars a lot, I feel like. At least in the movies. Relationships in these movies tend to feel pretty forced. We talked about that with Padme and Anakin in the pre uh, in the sequel trilogy. No, prequel trilogy, sorry. I said it. <laughs> I started to say prequel, said no, that's wrong, said sequel, and went, oh no, that's actually wrong. <laughs> um But no, we we see it where like Star Wars romances tend to feel pretty forced and come off pretty forced and they don't really work. And I think this is just another version of that where it's like, okay, like I get what you're trying to accomplish. You're just not doing the best job at accomplishing it, which is something that I, and I've mentioned this, you know, I've mentioned this before and I will mention it again to the fact that I think star Wars is a better TV show than a movie series. Yeah, because in in the Clone Wars we get we get some relationships and not necessarily like romantic relationships, but you see ro- like relationships between characters grow. And when you have seven seasons to grow a relationship, it makes a lot more sense and it works a lot better than it does yeah. when you have an hour and a half of a movie that you have to try and convince your audience that this relationship works and makes sense. Yeah, or being like, you just have to trust me that like something has grown between them. Like when yeah. we jumped into Empire Strikes Back and Han and Leia were suddenly like a thing. And you just had yeah. to be like, trust us that things have happened. <laughs> You're like, what? It reminds me of the the meme, not necessarily meme, but like my sources trust me, bro. Like <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, it's this thing. Well, what's your source? Oh, trust me, bro. Like, it's just like, it definitely, like, this is what, this is what happened. Um, And that is another thing with Star Wars that we kind of, we've mentioned that is a struggle too, is the fact that a lot of character development happens off screen and you don't see that. Yeah. 
you just kind of have to fill in the blanks yourself. And they give context clues. We've talked about in Empire Strikes Back the fact that Han is now part of the Rebellion. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, well, like we went on X, Y, and Z mission and a bounty hunter was hunting us because of X, Y, and Z thing. And it's like, that fills in that gap. But also, like, that's still a giant gap that we just don't have. Yeah. So, or I wish we could have gotten more information about Luke because in Empire Strikes Back, I felt like he was more on a path towards becoming a pilot. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly in Return of the Jedi, he was a master Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, where did he turn? <laughs> like, Yeah, what, what happened? What changed? Yeah. I am hopeful. I'm, I know people people aren't asking for this. Hopefully it'll happen eventually. Mm-hmm. I want to like this trilogy so much more than I do. But it feels like there's something missing. And so I'm hopeful that in the future, they'll come back to this time frame, like to this time in the galaxy, but kind of fill in that blank, like that gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens and kind of help us. Because there's a huge time gap between the, the between these two movies. We had a young yeah. Luke and a young Han, and now we have those original characters that are way older, like even if it's like 10 years, which obviously it's more than that, that's still 10 years of like stuff happening that we just don't have. So I'm hopeful that in the future we'll get something similar to the clone wars TV show that kind of helps fill in gaps. And then hopefully also in the future, we'll get something that explores some stuff that'll happen later in this trilogy uh, with Finn and Ray and like the characters that we have, because there there is a lot of potential for these characters, but they just kind of get glossed over because it's it's three movies, and you know stuff has to get cut or else you're gonna have like three five hour movies. Yeah. So back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. So after Kylo has seen that. Ray has the map in her brain. He leaves and he goes to tell Snoke, which is the new bad guy, that she resisted him. And Snoke's not happy about that. But while she's waiting in this room, she's in that chair again that Poe was in. Mm -hmm. Um, She starts trying to test out her force powers. There's one guard next to the door and she's like, you'll remove my strength, my restraints and leave with the door open. And he's like, what did you say to me? And she tries it again. And he's like, he says, I will tighten your restraints. And then she says it again, but she kind of calms down and she has more confidence when she says it the third time. And then it works. And then he starts leaving and she goes and drop your weapon. (laughs) So she ends up getting out. And when Kylo finds out that she's snuck out, I like what he says. He says, that she's testing out her powers. And so the longer it takes them to find her, the stronger or the more dangerous she gets. Yeah. But back with Finn, he, so they got rescued and then they get taken to, are they still called the rebellion? The resistance. The resistance. He gets Which taken is to their, the same thing, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they get taken to the resistance base or something like that. And he, that's where he meets up with Poe again. And he tells Poe that his friend was captured and she knows how to find Luke. But he's like, well, let's go talk to Leia. (laughs) 
They have another big meeting, like in every Star Wars movie, where they're looking at the Death Star and they're trying to figure out how to get how to destroy the Death Star. And someone mentions that there's this one spot that if they shoot it, will destroy the entire Death Star. So this is the third time we've done this. <laughs> yeah, that's another like. So my uncle and I will talk about this movie, and that's something that he didn't enjoy about this movie was the fact that. It feels like every Star Wars movie, it's, oh, the bad guy has a giant weapon that's going to destroy a planet. Let's go. Let's go blow it up. Oh, no. The bad guy has a giant weapon that's going to blow up a planet. Let's let's go blow it up. So it's like, <laughs> man, <laughs> come on. Let's, let's find something else that's the bad guy's doing. I do have a question about this new Death Star. The Starkiller is base? It, yeah. Is it something yeah. that they built? Or is it a planet they took over and made into a machine? That's actually something that uh, I was going to bring up. I didn't know if I wanted to bring it up now or if I wanted to bring it up when we watched The Clone Wars. I'll bring it up now and then I can re-bring it up when we watch The Clone Wars. So Mm -hmm. this planet, so it is a planet. Okay. So the planet was originally called Ilum, I-L-U-M. And Ilum is where is one of the planets where the Jedi would go because Ilum was rich in kyber crystals. Have I talked okay. to you about kyber crystals? Are they the things you put into lightsabers? Yeah, so they're the That was a shot the, in the dark. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, so kyber crystals are the thing that gives the lightsaber their power. Mm -hmm. And then kyber crystals are in tune with the person that has like, it's, it's very complicated, but basically the Jedi came to this planet and then they got a kyber crystal while they were on the planet. And then they used that kyber crystal to make their lightsaber. Okay. We'll see this later. The death star was powered by kyber crystals. The Empire mined for kyber crystals and used those to make the Death Star. So what the First Order did was they just strip mined this entire planet. Um, there's a really cool picture that I'll have to find. And I think we'll we'll share the picture when we talk about Ilum during the Clone Wars. But you'll see Ilum as the planet in the Clone Wars. And then if you ever play... Star Wars Fallen Order, uh, it's based Mm -hmm. on a character, uh, you play as a Padawan that his master died, and uh, you play as that character in between the episode, in in between episodes three and four, and you visit Ilum, and you see the beginning of the strip mining of the planet, Mm -hmm. because the Empire also, like, the Empire was strip mining that planet, and then the First Order kind of just turned the planet into a gun. (laughs) So you see in the Clone Wars, you see a planet in Fallen Order, you see a planet, but you see all of these like really deep trenches and all of these like all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. in this movie, you see that planet and where all of those trenches are is where now there's like like the giant ring around the middle of the planet with the giant hole where the gun is. Um, was where all of those trenches were. Okay. So there's a picture that like shows you the progression of it. I was just like, uh, when they 
crash land later and they run into all the trees. I was like, has this thing been around so long that trees are growing on it? No, <laughs> or is no. this a planet? Yeah, it was a planet. <laughs> um, back to this meeting that happens every time we watch a Star Wars movie. Um, Finn is still playing the game that he is more than what he actually is. Finn was a, like a janitor on the for the yeah, first we, order. We find, <laughs> yeah, we find out later that Finn was just a janitor. But he's pretending that he was some important soldier, and so he has a lot of information about the ship. And so they, the Resistance basically bases their plan off of his knowledge that he doesn't have. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I can do it. Just get me in there. Which really all he wants to do is go save Ray. I don't know. He's playing a game that he can't play. <laughs> yeah, he definitely lies to the entire resistance just based purely off the fact that he wants to go save his friend, which like is respectable in the sense that like I want to go save my friend, but also as soon as they crash land on uh Star Killer base, you have Han, Chewie, and Finn like running up to this like building and then Han goes, "Hey, what was your job? And he goes, Oh, I was in, I was in sanitation. And he was like, you were in what now? You were in sanitation. And he's like, well, like I just, I wanted to come save Ray. And he's like, people's lives are at stake here. People are counting on us based purely off the fact that you're a janitor. And then you, and then Chewie, like, Chewie, like, you hear him complain, and he's like, and then Han turns to him, and he's like, you're cold! <laughs> it's like, but we get this funny, like, little line where Finn's like, oh, well, we'll just use the Force. And Han's like, that's not how the Force works! We don't just get to decide that we're using the Force to save people, like, to blow up a place! Like all just one big mess <laughs> yeah so finn's like constantly lying to people pretending like he's this like super important guy when realistically yeah. he was a janitor which also <laughs> begs the question at the beginning of the movie why was finn on this raid i have so many questions <laughs> and none of them get answered <laughs> they were low on people so they just started grabbing from other departments <laughs> basically but they do get into the ship. And then you cut to when Kylo finds out that Rey is gone. And he has a temper tantrum. And he slashes up the chair. Which and you see the another... two stormtroopers are walking down the hall. <laughs> and they like stop. And then walk backwards. Yeah, one of them like reaches his hand across the other guy. And he's like, they like both yeah. pause. And then they like slowly like turn around and walk away. And it's like, they're, like yeah, we're not. We're not trying to die today. Thanks. Um, my dad told me that one of the one of those stormtroopers is Jeremy Renner. Oh, interesting. Hawkeye. That that's one of them is him. If anybody that. is interested in Jeremy Renner, <laughs> I think that happens pretty frequently in Star Wars. Where yeah, I think there's a couple other celebrities who were stormtroopers. Yeah, where celebrities remember. just will be like, "Hey, I want to be, I want to be in Star Wars." Yeah, and so they're they just, like, "Hey, put this helmet on." Yeah, you don't get to like be in Star Wars, but you can like be in Star Wars, I guess. But so Ray is running around the ship, and she's climbing and scaling walls, and I don't know, she's like pressing buttons, and things are coming out of the walls for her to 
hide in. Um, but yeah. while she's doing that, Finn and Han are arguing and Han like sees behind Finn. He can see Ray climbing up a wall. This was one of those moments where I felt like they were trying to force a funny moment. Like there's a lot of funny moments in this movie that I think work. But there's yeah. towards the end, there were a lot of times specifically with Finn where he would do stuff and it felt like they were trying to make him funny and that didn't work for me (laughs) yeah there's definitely things where it's like okay like you guys are like you guys already have like comedy elements you don't need Mm -hmm. to try and force more comedy elements just let them happen naturally and like Finn is a character I feel like gets gypped so hard in this series like in this trilogy Mm -hmm. I don't remember if I talked about it and I think I'll save like the actual details of it for the last movie in the trilogy because I don't want to like spoil things that are going to happen. But yeah. based on like how they advertised this movie, I feel like Finn kind of gets the short end of the stick. John Boyega, who's his the actor for Finn, and just Finn's mm-hmm. char- Finn as a character deserves so much better than what they got, and it's kind of sad to see it happen, but. So I think this happens before they actually see Ray. They go and find a general. I don't remember her name. Oh, the uh, silver Phasma. lady. Yeah, Phasma. they go and find her and force her to take down the shield so that the pilots from the resistance can come in and try to destroy this planet. I felt like that was too easy for them to get her to take the shields down. They were just like, hey, do this or I'll shoot you. And she was like, okay. <laughs> sure. Like there I was guess. no there was no fighting at all. She was just like, sure, <laughs> this is happening. Yeah, and then they right, throw her into the trash compactor. <laughs> Which is where Finn's sanitation stuff came in like came into effect and like was actually important. Yeah. <laughs> he was like Han really was like, is there a trash compactor somewhere? Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. Um, But after they meet up with Ray, they're trying to decide what to do next and or they get out of the out of the base place. And then Han mentions that they have explosions and they should go back in and blow up the place or at least help to blow up this place. Yeah. So Han and Chewie go back in with explosions and they're working on trying to get those set up they go in with explosives to create explosions (laughs) yeah sorry whatever (laughs) i'm i have heat exhaustion right now okay miranda (laughs) (laughs) anyways they're inside they're setting up bombs earlier leia had talked to han saying you are ben's father and so you can help him come back to the light to the good side and Han doesn't think that but he gets this chance where he sees Ben or Kylo whatever you want to call him and he's he tries to attempt to convince Ben to be good again and that like he can help Ben be good so as he's talking to Kylo or Ben I'm just gonna stick with Kylo as he's talking to Kylo Ray and Finn come in from a door above and there's this scene where the the light from the door that they've opened is shining down on Han and Kylo and they're having this conversation about becoming good again. Kylo says 
I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Mm-hmm. And Han says he, he'll do anything to help him. And they're getting closer and closer as they're talking. And then Kylo just stabs Han straight through the chest, knocks him over the edge. So something I really appreciated with this scene, while this scene is happening, we have in the background, because like that door opens up with like Ray and Finn up on that platform. Mm-hmm. And you have this, it keeps cutting back and forth to Han and Kylo's faces. And yeah. Han's face is completely red. Uh, and which the, the way I kind of read into like the symbolism of this scene was mm-hmm. you have in the background in that, like in that doorway, basically you see the sun being completely dra- like You see it being drained. Right. And the sun is still putting a blue light on Kylo's face, mm-hmm. which is kind of symbolizing like the light that's still in him. And every time it cuts to Han's face, Han's face is red, which I took as symbolism of like, if Kylo kills Ben, that's like his fall to the dark side. Like his like complete fall is him killing his dad. And then Mm -hmm. because of the sun in the background is putting like the light that's symbolizing like the light that is still in him. And then as the sun gets drained out, that, light goes out of Kylo, like goes away from Kylo's face because it's not there anymore. And Kylo's face is completely illuminated red by the lightsaber. And that's when he Mm -hmm. kills Han. So I thought that was a cool cinema happening, cinematography happening where they use the lights to kind of show the inner turmoil that's happening within Kylo, Mm -hmm. which we, you know, know that eventually what side won due to the fact that, he stabbed his he dad. He stabbed his dad, pushed him over the edge, yeah. went on with his business. <laughs> so I was honestly surprised with this scene because I knew that Han died, but I didn't think it was so early in the trilogy. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, okay, <laughs> bye. Yeah, yeah. I knew. So going into this movie, I knew that Han was going to die. I didn't think it was going to be in this movie, like you said. Yeah. Because I knew from interviews that happened before the movie came out that Han, well, not Han, Harrison Ford had said, I'll only come back to Star Wars if you kill Han. So I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't think it was going to be immediate, I guess. <laughs> I think I think part of me knew, like, in the, like, part of me deep down was like, this is, this is going to be the movie. Like, this is going to be the one, and they're just going to, like, spring it on us, and it's going to make everyone sad. And they ended up doing it, but it was just like, jeez, dude. I think I, I think I gasped when it happened. I was like, okay, <laughs> we're just yeah. going to move on from that now. <laughs> yeah, things got real. Chewie starts screaming and shooting at things. Leia from far away feels it with her force yeah. powers. She feels that Han died. Mm-hmm. No one's got to tell her. Yeah. So Chewie like runs into this like hallway and then blows up the room that they were in and mm-hmm. kylo like while the explosions are happening and going up the like side of this wall kylo sees finn and ray turn and like run out of the building and so he chases after them after getting shot by chewy in the stomach so they run off into they run off into the woods and um it's like snowing and blizzarding and Kylo meets up with them. Do you want to hear a fun fact? 
about I love this fun scene. facts. I love fun facts, Hi. and I'm sure the audience so, does too. <laughs> they're in the they're in the what in the woods in the snow in the storm. Yeah. Lots is going on. Did you know that if you turned if you turn up the volume and you listen really quietly, you can hear someone off in the distance yell, "Welcome to the Himalayas!" Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've been holding that in for three months. <laughs> this isn't even hot. <laughs> oh no! Um, for the for those listening at home, if you don't understand that joke, you just have to go back and listen to an earlier episode of the podcast. You have to listen to all of our episodes to try to find it. <laughs> We're not going to tell you which episode it's in. <laughs> we can't explain the joke because then it's not funny. Anyways, so... I was so, so excited, Miranda. <laughs> I thought you, like, actually had a fun fact for me. <laughs> that I didn't know. <sighs> Oh I don't know why, God. but right now my heart is racing. Like, I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh, so they're running God. in the woods. There's no one yelling out in the forest. Um, Ray gets thrown into a tree by Kylo. And then Finn tries to take on Kylo Ren with a lightsaber that he doesn't know how to use. <laughs> and that does not work out well. Kylo keeps doing this thing where he like pounds his chest. And I think he did that earlier in the movie. And I'm pretty sure it's a way for him to try to fight through the pain because he got shot. But I hated it every time. Yeah, he like smacks himself in the torso and like blood keeps coming out. And I think he's using it as a way to make himself because the dark side is powered by like fear and anger and like all of those negative emotions. So I think he's like trying to make himself stronger by like causing more pain. And he's also like helping himself bleed out a lot faster. So yeah. Is it really that great? Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, um, after Kylo Ren, you know, knocks out Finn and slices him down the back. Um, he tries to use the force to get Darth Vader's lightsaber, but Rey has recovered and she uses the force to get it before him. It's really strange because we see in this movie that Kylo is obviously very strong in the force. He's mm -hmm. a direct descendant of Anakin, who is the chosen one. We have a very strong lineage in the force. And like we see Kylo straight up like stop lasers in the middle of the air. Like he just like stops them mm -hmm. with the force. And then we get this weird scene where he's struggling to pick up a lightsaber with the force and like pull it to himself. The way that like I explain it to myself in my brain that like I use to like make it make sense, even though it probably shouldn't make sense, is the fact that like, okay, well now Ray is pulling on it with the force herself. It's not going to go directly to Kylo. Kylo is bleeding out and probably is using the force to keep himself from passing out. Like he's yeah. probably using the force to like keep himself 
conscious and keep himself from bleeding out out of his stomach that just got shot so like that's what i do to like make it make sense in my brain but Mm -hmm. it is really weird having it be okay i have this villain that is catching lasers in midair go from that to i can't grab a lightsaber off of the ground yeah i guess it's probably the same way like the stormtroopers are supposed to be this terrifying force but then they're missing everything and they're stumbling around and (laughs) you have to have that to be like to make the world make sense where like oh Mm -hmm. the empire arose because it has this military force that is unmatched but you also can't have that military force wipe out your characters in the first 10 minutes of your movie so it's really it's this really awkward balance of like how we make our villains scary without making it impossible to defeat to them. accomplish. Yeah. It's this really interesting like back and forth that sometimes works really well in Star Wars and sometimes it just like doesn't work at all. Yeah. So Kylo and Rey start to fight. There's a moment where their lightsabers are like up against each other, they're pushing on each other. And Kylo tells her that she needs a teacher and he could teach her the ways of the force. And she kind of has this realization. I don't really know what she realizes, but she you can see it in her eyes. He allows her to have this moment where she calms herself and then she opens her eyes again and she gets away from him. She like channels the force and starts becoming in tune with the force and Kylo just doesn't press any form of advantage he has. Yeah. And now she's- um, I just had this realization this very second. Did Rey open up the earth? No. What opened no. So up that's- the earth? That's all happening because so (laughs) while this fight, like while this fight is happening, we have the X-Wings from the resistance doing all of this, like bombing, like they keep doing these bombing runs on the regulator that's regulating the energy inside of the planet that's being sucked in Mm -hmm. from that star. Like they keep saying like, we can't do like, we're not doing any damage to this, to this regulator. Like nothing's happening when we like drop bombs on it. But then because of Han and Chewie blowing up the inside of it, mm-hmm. um, the batteries are no longer working in part of it, which is starting to make the cracks form because there's weight. There's an entire star's worth of energy inside of this planet, which is not supposed to be there. And then mm-hmm. because of that explosion, Poe is able to fly into that regulator and he starts blowing stuff up on the inside and then he flies out which has completely destroyed the regulator. So now you have that entire sun's worth of energy that is now trying to escape. And so it's causing all of these like fissures to open up in the planet, which is affecting the fight between Kylo and Rey. Okay. So then what was she really doing with that? Like calming and then like getting away from him. I think she she was just center. I think she was just centering herself (laughs) and like, making herself more in tune with the force so she didn't get absolutely bodied by kylo in that fight (laughs) okay what i was saying earlier with the fact that kylo is struggling to use the force we now see that translating over to now kylo is struggling to fight ray who also similarly to finn has no experience with the lightsaber and kylo does he should have absolutely destroyed finn and absolutely destroyed ray in these fights which i think is something that the like fans of the of star wars kind of struggled with was the fact that like how are we supposed to appreciate a villain and like how are you going to sell us that this is like the big bad guy when he can't beat two people that have no like no training with the force or with lightsabers 
Because there's not even a moment in time where they could have learned how to use lightsabers. Whereas with Luke, when he first fights Darth Vader, there was there was a missing gap there where he could have learned how to use a lightsaber. Yeah. And he was training. But Rey ends up getting away from Kylo because the Earth splits and they're on either side. And then Chewie and Finn come in and or not Chewie and Finn, but Chewie comes in and takes Rey and Finn away and everybody's safe. Yeah. So once they return back to the resistance, the whole time throughout this entire movie, R2-D2 has just been off and in a corner and they're like, we don't know if he's ever going to turn back on. But at the end of the movie, he turns back on. He shows them the map. BB-8 puts the part of the map that he has into R2-D2's map. And now they can find Luke. Finn is like passed out. Yeah, he's in the hospital in a coma. Yeah. He's out. Ray goes over and like says, hey, I'll see you soon to this Mm -hmm. comatose guy that she met like a couple weeks ago. She gives him a kiss on the forehead. Like she like kisses his forehead, which is like (laughs) so, so weird and random. And I don't know where it came from. But it happened. And then her, Chewie, and BB-8, which I don't understand why BB-8's going either. Because Did BB-8, BB-8 is, go or was it R2-D2? It was BB-8, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't remember. Because <laughs> BB-8 pretty- feels weird. R2-D2 makes more sense. Oh, maybe BB-8 doesn't go. She just kind of like shakes her head at him. Maybe it's just Han and Chewie. No, not Han. Not Han. Sorry. Ray and Chewie. <laughs> Han is dead. <laughs> yeah, R2, BB-8, and C-3PO are all still on the ground. <laughs> so it is just Ray and Chewie. <laughs> so I guess we're both wrong. And <laughs> I thought there was a third thing there. But anyways, Ray goes off to a planet that I think Ben would really thrive on. It's 99% water and 1% land. Why, why would I thrive on that? Because it's the ocean and we all know, well, I know how much you love the ocean. I don't. <laughs> I can't tell if you're making fun of me or <laughs> yes. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, guys. Listen, Ben's afraid look of the up, ocean. Look up thalassophobia. It's not great. I have it, but it's a, it's really weird because like I have it, but also like I'll get in the ocean, but like only sometimes, and it depends where. <laughs> As long as you don't think about what's below you. (laughs) Like, I went... So, I just got back from... I said I went on vacation at the beginning of the episode. I just got back from Costa Rica. I went on a fishing trip. I was completely fine, except for the, like, split second where I was fishing, and I go, there's so much water underneath me and so many different (laughs) things. My mom pointed at, like, a different fishing boat. Not a... It wasn't a fishing boat. There was a different boat, like, a little little while away from us, and she goes... (laughs) Yeah, those people are scuba diving and they're looking for bull sharks. And I was like, don't tell me that. (laughs) I don't want it. So this is Ben's favorite planet and would want to live there. It looks pretty. I would like the islands. Ray has to hike up this mountain, up these stairs, where at the top she sees Luke. And he's standing 
staring off into the distance. And I'm pretty sure he probably stands there every day waiting for somebody to show up. But he turns around and she pulls out and hands him his lightsaber and he dramatically takes off his hood. They have this big swoop around plane. Cinematic shot. And then that's the end of the movie. That end. You want to know how much money Mark Hamill made for the 30 second cameo he did in this movie? Where he said zero words. Three billion dollars. Okay, well, be realistic. Not billion. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Three million dollars. That is correct, actually. I'm so good at (laughs) guessing today. Mark Hamill said zero words and all he did was turn three million dollars. It was a good. It was a good scene. He did a good job. Yeah, being dramatic and turning he did, around. He did narrate the um, script during their their first read. Did he? You were wondering. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that because he doesn't have any lines. But they invited him to the read anyways, so they were like, "Hey, will you narrate?" That's so. Cool. <laughs> he said, "Sure." Mark Hamill is one of my, like, favorite people. He does voice acting for a lot of Mm -hmm. characters that you probably didn't realize he was the voice for. I think we've mentioned this before in the podcast. Yeah. Um, He's Ozai. Yeah, he's Fire Lord Ozai in The Last Airbender. He's the Joker in The Batman. He's... There's a whole like slew of different characters that he voice acts for, and the range on those characters is drastically different. It's so <laughs> cool. But yeah, so with that, that brings us to the end of The Force Awakens. We did it! Welcome back to Jedi Master Class. That's not what this is called, is it? <laughs> That's what our Wait. podcast is called. <laughs> Yep, you're right. <laughs> it just sounded weird. <laughs> Miranda forgot the name of our podcast. It sounded weird. <laughs> oh my gosh. Whoops. What's the next movie? The next movie we're going to be watching is The Last Jedi. So Miranda. Yes. We have two things we have to do before this episode is over. Where does this movie place in your order of favorites or not yes, necessarily I, favorites? I ranked them and actually wrote them down so that I could remember. So we've watched seven movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've put it at number six, but four, five, and six, I I don't have them in any specific order. They're all kind of just like the same level for me. It so sits you right go- in there. You go four, five, six. Oh, uh, oh. So okay, okay. So, do you want from favorite to least favorite, or least favorite to favorite? Let's do least favorite to favorite. You're saying I thought you okay. were saying that like episodes four, five, and six were just kind of like no, all no, no. tied. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, so my least favorite movie at this point and at number seven on my list is Attack of the Clones. Then it goes in no specific order and they're all the same for me, is A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, and The Force Awakens. Really? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I didn't, okay. I don't know. No, I just, keep going. Four, five, just, and six meh. are... At number three, and I think people are going to hate me for this, but I'm obsessed with Padme. So at number three is The Phantom Menace. Okay. I think that's 
I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Padme, and I think that was her best movie, where the, she was like an actual character, and they actually cared about her presence in the story. Yeah, we talked about that in uh, Revenge of the Sith, where Padme, or I guess Natalie Portman, who, however you want to like yeah. look at it, that that character got super gypped. Like all of the scenes that were important to her character and character development just kind of got cut, <laughs> which. Makes sense because the series is supposed to be about Anakin, not Padme. It just kind of, kind of blows. But it sucks when you establish a character and then you just forget that they exist. Yeah, absolutely. Or that they have any character at all. In second place, I think Ben will be excited or happy about this is Revenge of the Sith, and then in first place is Empire Strikes Back, and that's my ranking. Interesting. Interesting. So take that uh, however you want to and keep your opinions to yourself because I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really what? (laughs) Miranda's really just out here telling everyone that the original trilogy, except for Empire Strikes Back, is meh. That's so funny. they're good movies, but like, and I love Leia, but I love Padme more, and I would rather sit down and watch Padme than Leia. So I, I think that's fair. So I have, I have my list, and similarly to Miranda's, um, the middle three are kind of you could probably move them around pretty easily, and I wouldn't be upset by that. Yeah. So I have Attack of the Clones at seven. I have this movie, so The Force Awakens at six, but it feels weird ranking these next three in these, like in any order. Like any order I put them in, like thinking about it, it feels wrong. So I have A New Hope at five because Luke is whiny. (laughs) I have Phantom Menace at four, but that could also be three because I love the Phantom Menace, even though Jar Jar exists. So then I have Return of the Jedi. But it has Qui-Gon and Padme. Yeah, Qui-Gon, Padme, Darth Maul. My favorite song is in this movie. Duel of the Fates alone makes me want to put Phantom Menace above Return of the Jedi. For reasons unknown, I didn't. Um, (laughs) Then Return of the Jedi is at three for me because we do get some cool characters. There are some really cool scenes in that movie. Like the fight between Luke and Vader. Then I have at number two, probably to no one's surprise... At this point, I have Empire Strikes Back, and then my favorite of all time (laughs) uh, is Revenge of the Sith. Never would have guessed. I used to have those two swapped, and I realized as I got older that I was just doing it to be a people pleaser, and that it wasn't actually my favorite. Because uh, I used to be like, oh yeah, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, because that's everyone else's favorite, and like it's such a good movie and like it is a really good movie but i realized that i was just saying empire strikes back because i didn't want to like not be a people pleaser being completely honest with myself revenge of the sith beats empire strikes back i think for me empire strikes back is the only movie where i got to the end and i was like it's already over like yeah yeah that and there's something I, like i enjoyed so much of it that i was like oh like this didn't take forever to watch. <laughs> yeah, this didn't this didn't slog on and make me like check my watch and try and figure yeah. out how much more of this I have to deal with. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's, yeah. that's fair. I mean, there were definitely other parts of other movies where it it was like caught my attention and I was watching the movie, but I'm the person who sits and watches a movie while also scrolling through Instagram. So <laughs> if, there's a, if it's really interesting to me, then that's when I put the, the phone down. But <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, we'll get to our last little segment before we end out. Miranda, Would what's you happening like a in the next movie? What, what's your, what's your prediction? So we've got Finn. He's knocked out right now. Right. But yeah, He's going to come back like first thing in the move in the next movie. Um, he's going to recover and he's going to have these new powers and he's going to suddenly be really good at like Jedi stuff, but he's not going to be a Jedi, but he's going to, he's going to know things and he's not going to know why he knows these things. So like premonition type stuff. Ray is going to find out that Luke is her father. She's going to find out what happened to her family She's going to find out that Luke is actually her dad um, and that she's a Skywalker. Kylo is going to go back to Snoke. Snoke is going to actually end up being, instead of this giant, like, 30-foot monster thing, he's going to be about as big as Yoda, probably. That's what I think. I think at some point, Kylo is going to be so done with Hope. What's his name? Hoax? Hux. Hux. He's just going to, like, take him out. And then that's going to make Snoke mad. Snoke's gonna banish Kylo. Kylo's gonna realize that he's got feelings for Rey until he's gonna go after Rey. And he's gonna try to get her to come to the dark side because he can't go back to the light. But he's in love with her. And Sith can have um, relations, but Jedi can't. So Luke and Kylo are probably gonna have a fight because they were mentor, mentee, whatever those are called. Leia is also going to try to talk to Kylo about joining the light side, but unlike how it went with Han, she's going to end up having a fight with him and she's going to use her lightsaber that I know she probably has hidden in a closet somewhere. (laughs) Um, And then that's going to be that movie. Do you have any questions for me? Did I forget anything? What's Poe doing during all of this? Poe is piloting and hanging out with BB-8, and he is also probably falling in love with Ray because no one knows how to write a strong, independent woman unless there's three guys running after her. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> with that prediction, we'll uh, we'll finish out this uh, this episode. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for coming back and listening after our hiatus. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, you can help support us by sharing it with others, posting it on your social media, telling people that you listen to us, leave a rating and review below. We will still read reviews if they are if they are shared with us. So go ahead and do that. If you don't know where to leave a review, you can go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash Jedi Masterclass and it will tell you all the places that you on whatever device you're on have access to review us. Outside of that, you guys can find us on Instagram at Jedi Masterclass Pod, on Twitter at Jedi Class Pod, or you can email us at Jedi Masterclass Pod at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening and may the force be with you.
Jedi Masterclass was created and hosted by Ben Renlisbacher and Miranda Bailey, edited by Miranda Bailey, and music by Augusto Diniz.